And welcome to Wednesday on the Pure Opelka Podcast. It's Mike here, and boy, do we have a busy day today. It's also going to be a Wellness Wednesday because Dr. Michael Roizen is going to join us. We have a, uh, a very full menu of topics with Dr. Roizen, including the breakdown on that story about a very popular nasal decongestant that an advisor to the FDA, an advisor to the U.S. government has just said, this doesn't work. This is fake. This is not good science. So we'll get Dr. Roizen's breakdown on that, as well as his ideas as to what you should be doing with your own personal health to make yourself younger, live longer, all of that good stuff. There's an impeachment inquiry that was started, announced yesterday by Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, and it's going to be James Comer and Jim Jordan who are going to be leading the charge on this. And I saw a notice from uh, Congressman Thomas Massey, who's going to be on one of the committees that is going to do a deep dive, that they are going to go where the facts take them. But never mind that, the Democrats are already peeing on it. Chuck Schumer, the lizard man yesterday, uh, trying to knock down any credibility. The impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. I have sympathy with Speaker McCarthy. He's in a difficult position. But sometimes you've got to tell these people who are way off the deep end, who have no interest in helping the American people, who just want to pursue their own witch hunts, that they can't go forward with it. Funny how the party that gave us two fake impeachments is now upset that uh, the Republicans want to actually do a real inquiry and find evidence into all of the monies that the Biden crime family has been sucking up from all over the world. And they have been blocked. They have been rejected at every turn by the DOJ, by the Bidens themselves. So now with the inquiry, the Republicans will have subpoena power and allegedly, reportedly able to call in witnesses and get actual documents. We have the bank records. We have the suspicious activity reports. We have all of that. But it would be nice to be able to do an investigation. And meanwhile, the Democrats are just going to mock it. We saw uh, John Fetterman yesterday, which uh, something interesting in this. John Fetterman was asked in the hall underneath the Senate in the Capitol. He was asked what he thought about the impeachment. It's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it. Please don't do it. So he mocked it. But the interesting thing here is we've been told John Fetterman has auditory processing problems left over from his stroke, meaning that it takes him a while to hear something and then he has to read the text of it before he can formulate a response. He answered that question instantly, and it was on the run with a guy who was following him. Very interesting. Is Fetterman okay? Is he completely recovered? If so, why haven't they told us? Maybe it's because they want to crutch on that going forward. I don't know. We've always said we hope he has a full recovery, but it sure seems like there's something else going on here. We'll find out. And then uh, the left side of the mainstream media, which has already been given its marching orders by the Biden White House, already been told, oh, no, 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 you must, you must mock this. You must make fun of this impeachment inquiry. Uh, Joe Scarborough yesterday 
had words about the impeachment inquiry before it even came out. The craziest people on the back benches in the House of Representatives are demanding that Kevin McCarthy call for an impeachment. I, again, this is this is the White House's dream. I don't think so. I really don't think so, because if this inquiry is the White House's dream, are they actually going to let the president answer questions? I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think they're even going to come close to allowing that to happen. Let's remember, this is the guy who was in Vietnam over the weekend and looked at everybody in the press event, a press event, and said... I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed. You go to bed, Joey. It was very sad. It was very sad. And he also told that that story about the lion dog face pony soldier again. Well, there's a lot of lion dog face pony soldiers out there about, about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, we're all realizing it's a problem. No, the only problem is you, sir. The problem is between your ears. Serious problem between your ears. Now, a lot of folks are still speculating that maybe Joe, after this trip especially, and the gaffes that are just on display, I didn't even bring up the the September 11th gaffe where he lied about being at uh, Ground Zero the day after. He was not. He was there nine or ten days later. But uh, that maybe this is now signaling the end for Joe. Maybe he's going to live up to something he said back when he was the vice president. If, if, if I reach something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Hmm. Could it be that is starting to be on the minds of Democrats, uh, yesterday, Jill Biden, the first lady, held an event at the White House where they were honoring Bill and Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton was at the White House, not exactly a regular guest to this White House. There seems to be, or has been in the past, tensions between the Clintons and the Bidens. But Jill Biden yesterday was just so welcoming for Hillary. Secretary Clinton, Hillary, it's an honor to welcome you back to the White House. Is it really? The applause goes on. It's a, a, a big room in the White House, and the applause continues, and Jill Biden is spurring it on, but then she said something interesting, at least I thought it was. Wow, you are so loved. <laughs> really? Your lifetime of work has left an indelible mark on this country. You know, I, I don't think you should have said indelible mark. I think a stain, maybe. You've left a stain on this country. I, I, I think that would have been more appropriate. Yes, sure it would have been. But, you know, even CNN is starting to pick up on Joe's decline and some of the lies he keeps telling and when CNN is not buying into the Biden message, it signals a problem. And I do believe that's why they're talking about maybe Hillary, maybe trying to revive Hillary Clinton. I say, bring it on. That would be absolutely epic. A lot of people are saying Michelle Obama. No, that ain't happening. 
disabuse yourself of that. It's never going to be Michelle Obama. Never, ever in a bazillion years. But it will not be Joe Biden. That's my bet. Has been for months now. And over at CNN, Daniel Dale, one of their fact checkers, did a fact check on Joe Biden and his claim about visiting ground zero and looking into the gates of hell, which, by the way, he stole that line from Hillary Clinton. That was not his line. It was her line because she and Chuck Schumer actually visited ground zero the day after September 11th. Yes, Hillary Clinton was there. She was Senator Clinton at the time, and she and Schumer showed up. But uh, Joe appropriated that line, and uh, Daniel Dale called him out on the fact check, at least on the the day of his appearance at Ground Zero. He went nine days after the attack, Brianna, September 20th. Uh, 2001, when he went with a bipartisan delegation of senators, asked the White House last night about this claim. They provided a photo of him there on September 20th, uh, reiterated that he w- was there that day. I think some people might say, oh, okay, you know, he was there. It's just you know, days, a matter of days. Nine days later, maybe he forgot, and, and maybe he forgot. But look, it's 9-11, it's sensitive. He's speaking to military and first responders, so I think the, the facts matter. Well, yeah, the truth matters. Unless you're a Democrat, then it, then it doesn't matter. Then nobody cares. It is so amazing to me. We got economic news today. Economic news, second month in a row, inflation is back on the rise, and it's just not a small, small jump. It's a it's considerable jump. Uh, the news broke just about an hour before we recorded this podcast. Yes, the main event, the Consumer Price Index for the month of August. Headline expected up an aggressive six tenths, and the economist and analyst delivered up six tenths, up six tenths. Last time we had up six tenths on a month over month was uh, uh, going way back. You have to go all the way back to February, February of 2022 to find a bigger number. So that's a long time, a bigger month to month number. That's Rick Santelli over at uh, CNBC talking about the rise in inflation. But you knew there was a rise in inflation. You knew it. Because you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas pump. Gas is now $3.84 a gallon on average. Let's let Centelli break down a little more of the numbers here. It's up seven tenths. Actually, in March, it was up as well. So now, if we consider that the high water mark here in 2005 was up 1.2, yes, we've made progress. But this follows up two-tenths of 1%. Strip out food and energy, up three-tenths of 1% year over year up 3.7%. That is hotter than expected, hotter than the rearview mirror, and 3.7, the last time we are anywhere near there, was up 4% in May. So the inflation is coming back. But again, you knew that because you're out there. You knew that because you are in charge of your own world, and you're not silly enough to believe the lies that the Biden administration is telling you. They keep trying to put out their little financial advisors. Uh, Ian Sams is one of the guys who's out there trying to be a spokesperson for the president, and uh, he's now trying to poo-poo all of the uh, impeachment stuff. I wonder if he'll show up at Fox News. He was asked by MSNBC if he would appear on Fox or other programs where they— think there might be something to, as they call it, Joe Biden's 
corruption. What does Ian Sams have to say? Do you appear on um, Fox News and other programs where they seem to think there might be something there? Maybe. We'll see. I mean, they've been part of the problem. They've been pushing things that are untrue and false. Whoa, what things that are untrue and false? Uh, A good reporter would ask, well, tell us some of the things they've been pushing that are untrue and false. Mr. Sams, do you think that happens on MSNBC? And so we always want to take this message where people need to hear it. We obviously take our message there uh, at the appropriate times when people need to hear it, because I think the American people, you know, they're smarter than this. They can see the truth and they just need to hear the truth. Yes, we do see the truth and we need to hear the truth from the White House. It, It would be it'd be very interesting to hear the truth from the White House if the president might take some questions on the impeachment inquiry and on the activities of his son. But he's not going to. They send out the usual suspects. And yesterday on CNN, again, CNN attempting journalism, partially. Dick Durbin from Illinois, Senator from Illinois, a big Biden supporter. And he was asked about the impeachment inquiry, especially considering all of the real evidence out there pointing to Joe and Hunter and all the money. And what did Dick Durbin do? I bet you know he automatically pivoted and went, but what about Trump? Are you comfortable with what Hunter Biden was doing, uh, obviously making money uh, because his dad was at the time vice president? I mean, he didn't have any experience with Ukrainian gas companies and he was put on the board of Burisma. I mean, I I know that he's not the first person to cash in on a connection to a powerful father, but doesn't that make you uncomfortable? Yes, it does. And it does for Jared Kushner to have done the same thing under President Trump. Oh, there it is. He immediately dismissed and tries to say that Jared Kushner did the same thing under President Trump. Where are the suspicious activity reports from the banking industry pointing out what you're trying to claim or trying to smear Jared Kushner with? Because you know if those existed, the Democrats would already have them and they'd already be papering the walls with them. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, By the way, um, we got some more data yesterday from the Census Department. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris keep saying that child poverty levels have dropped. And that's just not the truth. They've gone up and they continue to go up because of the policies of this administration. It's hitting poor people the hardest. It is hitting single moms and single dads the hardest. All of the Bidenomics inflation data we just talked about. And then there are some pretty big stories that we have to... We have to talk about Uh, one of them being the CIA whistleblower, high ranking CIA official whistleblower who came forth to say that uh, investigators into the origins of the COVID-1984 virus out of Wuhan, they were bribed to change their conclusions, pointing to natural occurrence versus a lab leak engineered virus. And this goes way back to what we've been telling you for over a year and a half now. 
uh, the information that Jim Jordan pointed out when he went through Dr. Fauci's emails and connected the dots that showed that Fauci, on the night of January 31st, 2020, before the pandemic was even declared, January 31st, 2020, Dr. Fauci was alerted that people had figured it out. People had figured out that, in fact, this virus was manufactured in a lab. And the concerning thing here was that the virus was from a lab that Fauci had been sending American tax dollars to. Uh, do, do you not remember it? It was uh, one, of, one of the major announcements that the mainstream media overlooked uh, a couple of years ago. But again, this all happened before the pandemic. I'll just give you a little sample, a couple of items that Jim Jordan brought up. So I'm not shocked by this CIA investigator coming forward as a whistleblower saying, hey, they were bribing people to lie and say that it was natural occurring and not bioengineered as a weapon. This is from Jim Jordan two years ago, more than two years ago. Friday, January 31st, 2020 at 10.32 p.m., Dr. Fauci gets an email from Christian Anderson. Christian Anderson's a British researcher who's received numerous grants from NIH. Two really important sentences are in that email. Two sentences that get Dr. Fauci's attention. The first is this. The unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features look engineered. Again, this is January 31st, 2020. Second sentence, Eddie, Bob, Mike, and myself all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Email arrives 1032 to Dr. Fauci on January 31st, 2020. So Jim Jordan got these emails and Fauci didn't want to release them. They redacted certain portions of it, but there was enough there to connect the dots. Fauci gets told January 31st, late at night, remember Fauci's in his 80s, late at night that this virus looks engineered and he knows it's connected to that very lab he's been funding. So what does Fauci do? Well, two hours later at 1229 in the morning, Dr. Fauci sends an email to his top deputy, Mr. Hugh Oshenkloss. Guys worked for Fauci for 15 years, part of his inner circle. Sends it, subject line says important in all capital letters. The, he attaches a paper on gain of function research written by Dr. Barrick and Dr. Xi. Dr. Xi, of course, is the so called bat lady, bat woman, the lady who does research in the Wuhan China lab. This email, Dr. Fauci says again to his top deputy it is essential that we speak this AM. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper. You will have tasks to do today that must be done. Notice the intensity. Notice the focus. I mean, this is the house is on fire email here. Yeah, Fauci was freaking out. Less than two hours after he got the message that, uh-oh, uh, it's obvious that this virus was manufactured, weaponized, and we know it was released by China, too. Well, I believe it was. It continued and it got deeper. Now, two hours after that, at 2.48 in the morning, Dr. Fauci's busy this morning, 12.29, that email he sent to Dr. Oshenkloss, 
his top deputy, two hours later at 2.48 in the morning, he sends another email, this one to Robert Cadlick, assistant HHS secretary, Trump appointee, not part of his inner circle, and he attaches a different article to this email, one that says the virus came from an animal that downplays any lab leak theory. So what Fauci was doing while he was getting his troops in line, he was building a misdirection plan to get the Trump administration looking elsewhere and telling the Trump administration that, oh, my God, this virus naturally occurs. That's despicable. Now, again, notice the tone of this one. Bob, this just came out today. Gives a balanced view. Best, Tony. I mean, totally different from the previous. This is one like, oh, if you get a chance, read this. Gives a balanced view. So the tone is different, but also that sentence, gives a balanced view, it's not true either. That's just not accurate. This article downplays, as I said, the lab leak theory emphasizes evolutionary cause to the virus. So while Fauci was misdirecting the administration, the very top of the government that has been paying him millions for years now, and I'm not even talking about the money he gets from the pharmaceutical industries, the kickbacks he was getting as well. Fauci then proceeded to go back to his mission to cover his tracks and protect his butt. Later that same morning at 11.47 a.m., Dr. Fauci's deputy gets back to him. I just want to read you this whole email. The paper you sent me, the one he sent him on that was written by the virologist from Wuhan, China, and Dr. Barrick. The paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain-of-function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by NIH. Not sure what that means, since Emily, someone else who works for Dr. Fauci, is sure that no coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework, which, of course, is the oversight body that's supposed to approve any grant dollars going for gain-of-function research. No coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework. Final sentence, she will try to determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. She will try to determine if our fingerprints are on any of this. Oh, they were. The fingerprints were deep all over it. All these emails happen in 13 hours. So 13 hours after Dr. Fauci gets the initial email from Christian Anderson saying, looks like this virus is engineered, not consistent with evolutionary theory, Dr. Fauci knows some important facts. First, Dr. Fauci knows there's a lethal virus on the loose that started in Wuhan, China. Second, he knows the American taxpayers have funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China. Third, he knows that the research grant didn't go through the required oversight board, Fourth, he knows the virus, quote, looks engineered and, quote, not consistent with evolutionary theory. And finally, fifth, Dr. Fauci knows he may have ties to this work in China. His fingerprints, in fact, may be on this. And this is a huge reason why the CIA report, the whistleblower yesterday, is so important, especially if it links back to Fauci if any of these bribes go back to Fauci. I hope we get full transparency on this. I, you would hope, you would think that this is a bipartisan topic, that if a foreign country created a virus that killed a million-plus Americans and more than five million people around the world, that uh, we could unite across the political aisle and agree that we need to go after China on this. Uh, at one point, President Trump talked about 
getting a $10 trillion payment from China for what COVID did. That number seems a little bit low right now. But people were mocking Donald Trump for that when the president said $10 trillion. They should do that. They should do it. Maybe a second term will get that going. All right, a couple other stories before we get Dr. Roizen in here to talk about the antihistamine, the decongestant, whatever the heck it was. Uh, earlier today, before 9 o'clock, the uh, Pennsylvania State Police and the marshals caught that uh, Danilo Cavalcante, the murderer here, illegally. I hope they send him back. I do hope so. Uh, good job, uh, Fifth Circuit Court saying Texas can keep the border buoys in place in the Rio Grande. Yes, let's do something. At least that's being allowed. Um, you guys have heard me talk about my appreciation uh, for medical marijuana and the miracles it performs. It did something brilliant for my young niece, and it's done something for brilliant for so many people with pain and anxiety problems. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the uh, recreational pot because I just don't think we know enough. And I don't want a bunch of stoners on the highway with 5,000-pound cars in front of me if they're, with their um, reactions diminished. But uh, pot seems to be going everywhere. The state of New Jersey talking about making uh, pot brownies legal to be sold in dispensaries and maybe even delivered to people's homes. Now, that does take the potheads off the road if you deliver them to people's homes. I'm also concerned about what's going on in Oklahoma, which people are now calling Toklahoma, because Oklahoma has so much land now that's been converted to pot farms, and more than 75% of them are owned by the Chinese. What the hell is going on there? Interesting, right? Uh, we saw the tragic end to the New York Jets quarterback season Aaron Rodgers trying to make the uh, Jets a winning team again. Five plays on the field, tears his Achilles tendon. He's out for the season. But the weirdest part of that story is um, a guy on Twitter who predicted the exact injury before the game. Twitter suspended his account. I hope they bring his account back in place. That would be very cool because how weird is that? He actually predicted it. Very wild. Very, very wild. Uh, we, have, uh, we have so many stories that we'll, we'll bank for tomorrow. And I think Lauren Fix, the car coach, is coming in tomorrow as well. But we got to get Dr. Royzen here, especially all his research for the week. It's Wellness Wednesday. But the big question, what's the deal with this decongestant that millions of people have been buying for years? And now the government's telling us, the FDA advisor saying, no, that doesn't work. That stuff is junk. Details next with Dr. Michael Royzen on the Pure Opelka podcast. Well, welcome to Wednesday, a little Wellness Wednesday on tap with our friend Dr. Michael Royzen, yes, of the Cleveland Clinic, but more importantly, from longevityplaybook.com. Longevityplaybook.com, a place you need to go and check it out if you want to make yourself younger, and you should. Why wouldn't you? Just trust me, go there. But we have so much to get to with Dr. Royzen. I have to get him in here. Welcome back, my friend. 
My privilege. It's great to be back. I'm glad you're here. I have so much of your research, which is just absolutely amazing stuff to discuss. But I have to ask you, these FDA advisors who came out and said this very popular ingredient in decongestants that millions of people are using doesn't work. What, what does this mean, Doc? What's going to happen? In early 2000, Congress passed a law to make it more difficult to get the one that did work, pseudoephedrine. Mm -hmm. And because that can be manufactured into methamphetamine, it now is, you have to ask for it, it's behind the counter. Um, but a lot of people wanted to, meaning manufacturers, wanted to still have the display case you know, have stuff on the front side so the sales would be good. So they reformulated their products and put phenylephrine in. Phenylephrine gets dissolved by your stomach acid and your intestinal stuff so you don't absorb any of it. Less than 1% it's in the studies. So there's no controversy over the science. It has never worked in as an oral preparation hmm. because you don't absorb it and it's, consequently it's pretty safe um the problem comes is it never works and the other formulas are available you know you can get pseudofed with pseudoephedrine which is what it used to have in it all the time in the front side of the store but you have to ask the pharmacist um, so it's a little clunky to get it. And the pharmacist, it's still over the counter. It's not a prescription, but it's behind the pharmacy counter by law. And in, in states like New York, where I live forever, I know this was going on for years. You had to show a driver's license and they wrote down your name and what you were buying. And I guess that was related to monitoring uh, the people who were trying to use Sudafed or whatever the ingredient was to make methamphetamine and, and maybe limit that, but uh, not, not a that, prescription. That's, that's still, that still is what happens. Oh, okay. Right? So um, there's no doubt that it doesn't work. There's no thought that it does work. And instead of people spending money on something that doesn't work, they banned it. They haven't said you've got to do a recall. Okay. Uh, they just said you can't sell it going forward. Hmm. So I don't know whether what's on the shelves will have to come out or not. Well, I'll keep my eye on that and give everybody the updates on it. But uh, so now, so but they but don't buy it if it's on the shelves, right? It yeah. hasn't been effective. There's no reason to buy it. Ask the pharmacist for Sudafed, pseudoephedrine. And isn't one of the problems with Sudafed, pseudoephedrine? that it, it also affects blood pressure, especially in some of the more higher dose uh, versions. That's exactly of right. It does affect your blood pressure, and it does raise it. Hmm. That's not a good thing. Never a good thing. Uh, well, yeah, so, but it's, you know, you're, if you've got congestion, you want something that's effective, and this is effective. Okay. And talk, if you're worried about your blood pressure, talk to your doctor. Please talk to your doctor. All right, Doc, let's get into this research. So much incredible stuff this week. Uh, I always wonder about this. Everybody, I think, always wonders about this as you advance in years. Uh, you worry about heart attacks, cardiac arrest. 
but many of us experience symptoms or some kind of warning signs at least a day before? Yes. What what happens is a day it, when they looked at people who had cardiac arrests, what a cardiac arrest is, is usually abnormal heart electrical action, meaning your heart beats with an irregular action and consequently that irregular action is so irregular as your heart does not push blood out meaning it's very it's it's an abnormal electrical action in your heart what usually causes that is a lack of blood flow to that area of your heart where you have the electrical impulses transmitted and um, that means you're not getting blood flow there. The symptoms of that are in women, a shortness of breath, and in men, it's that elephant sitting on your chest. It's the, it's the chest pain, mm. squeezing pain. Well, it turns out that over 50% of the people who have a cardiac event, have a cardiac arrest, have the symptoms the day before and don't go to a hospital with them. And they've told someone, I've got this, but they ignore it. So the whole message here is in this large study of people who had cardiac arrest is, if you want to avoid a cardiac arrest, pay attention to the symptoms you have the day before. So if you feel these symptoms, women, shortness of breath, men, the elephant sitting on their chest, and you go to the ER, you, you get to the hospital, can they help you avoid a heart attack, a cardiac arrest? Yeah, that's the whole message, yes. Okay, good. So, so the, the whole message is that we have a lot of treatments to restore blood flow if it is abnormally decreased. That's what stents do. That's what angioplasty does. It's, it's a, um, and even that's what uh, baby aspirin, et cetera, helps do. So there's a whole cardiac industry set up to do just that and that's why you know if you look at what's happened since 1970 in the 52 years 53 years since then heart attacks have gone down by an average that is deaths from heart attacks have gone down by an average rate of four percent per year mm. uh, based on the population so based on the number of people in the population, we would be having around 900,000 deaths a year from cardiac arrest and heart attacks. We're only having around 300,000. So we've decreased it by more than 50% by both treatments in advance, like statins and blood pressure medicines and smoking cessation, and by treatments once the disease starts to develop, such as stents and more statins and aspirin, et cetera. That's a half a million people uh, it, staying alive a year. A half a million people, we're doing better, and we could always do even better. So pay attention to the symptoms and go to the doctor if you feel uh, women, shortness of breath, men, the elephant on your chest. 
Uh, Doc, my my oldest brother is a doctor. We've talked about Frank in the past, and he always warns me. He goes, gravity is is going to get all of us. Gravity is going to be the one thing that gets us in the end. And you have a report about uh, falling, men and women falling. What are the details on this? Because I don't like the number that says it's worse for men. The data in 2003 were that, I'm sorry, we keep going back historically, but it's important. 2003, uh, 40% of men, uh, I'm sorry, 40% of women over the age of 65 would fall, and 15% of them would never recover from that fall. Um, in men, it was 25%, and 40% would never recover. Wow. So fewer men, but more deaths from falls than women on a higher percentage. It now is that about 30% of women fall down from 40% and about 25% of them die from it. On the other hand, from men, fall and break a hip, this is. Yeah. In men, it is a little less. It's about 27% fall, but 30% are now dying from that fall, not recovering from it. So the point is, um, one of the keys, as my wife says, to old age and to living successfully and thriving is holding on to banisters. The other key, I teach patients all the time, but what you do is you go in the corner and stand on one foot. Why in the corner? Because if you face the corner and are standing on one foot, you're likely to hit into the corner if you're going to fall and not fall. But what that standing on one foot, just doing a little of it every day and practicing, and when you can stand for more than 30 seconds, you then go and close your eyes when you do it. And just that improves your balance tremendously and decreases your risk of falling. It's uh, easy to do. I add it to my regimen when I brush my teeth. 30 seconds on one foot, 30 seconds on the other, then 30 seconds on the other foot, and 30 seconds. So you get two minutes of brushing and uh, a couple of exercises in, uh, in, in standing and working on your balance. Dr. Royce says the bathroom's not necessarily the safest place to practice balance because of all the hard porcelain and stuff that's in there. I'm trying to I'm just trying to, uh, I guess, maximize my activity, Doc. Uh, let's talk about this this uh, key to reaching 90 or 100 years for women. What is this uh, stability in weight, and, and how serious is this number? Well, this is 54,000 women in the Women's Health Initiative study um, were examined, if you will, and, and data sought from them every two years. Um, and starting at age about 45 or 50 and however old they were, it turns out that of 54,000 people who were women who were 60 and gave their data, that 56% of them, it's amazing, made it to age 90. And they found, was it their blood pressure, was it their LDL cholesterol? They looked at all the things. And the one thing that was common in the women who made it to age 90 was they neither gained nor lost weight. 
So their weighted age 60 is what they had when they hit 90. Wow. And um, that was, they were more than twofold likely to hit 90 if they had neither gained nor lost weight. So maintaining a stable weight from 60 on appears to be an important uh, variable in how you age. That's excellent. 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 Uh, Dr. Roizen, we're talking with Dr. Michael Roizen. We talk to him every week, usually Wednesdays for Wellness Wednesday. And we talk about things in your life that you could change to make your health better and you can live longer. And you can go to the longevityplaybook.com to find a lot of the things that we talk about. Uh, Doc, every time I turn on the TV, I'm bombarded with ads for get your testosterone back in shape, get everything back uh, functioning in the bedroom, low T this, low T that. What's the deal with testosterone loss, especially in the older people, older men? What the, the main issue in this is um, that 30% of men over the age of 40 do have low T and less than 15% of them get treated for it. And you don't want to get a testosterone cream, et cetera, because those direct testosterone usually will decrease your testicular size. It will mean you won't be able to produce it. Mm. Um, you want to get uh, releasing agents, so you really do want to see a physician and not buy it over the counter from what's being sold on TV. But one of the keys is physical activity. So they looked at who maintains their T after age 70, and it was men who maintained physical activity who did uh, 75 minutes or more of vigorous physical activity a week. So that was one of the keys. So I call that the, uh, if you will, the wellness foreplay. Um, as you get well, you uh, <laughs> can uh, stay in the game by playing by doing vigorous physical activity. And 75 minutes a week, that's seven days, 75 minutes. That's not that much, people. If you go every other day for 15 minutes, you're going you're gonna to hit that number. You can get it done. Just make sure it's a regular thing. It's easy. Correct. Dr. Royce, I can't thank you enough. Always great information. And uh, I hope that we're all celebrating our 100th birthdays by taking a, a quick jog around the block. And that's why we tell you to check out Longevity Playbook, longevityplaybook.com. And you can make yourself a genetic engineer. Live younger, live longer. Good ideas. Thanks, Doc. Thank you.